Welcome, I'm Ginger Schlanger. I am the Learning and Development Content Manager for DScoop. And with us today for our webinar, Modernizing the Sales Process in Today's Digital Environment, is a dear friend of mine and a guru in sales and business development, and he's an author and a keynote, Steve Noodleberg. You guys are in for a treat. I wanted to let you know a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, if you could go to the next slide, this will give you a little bit of tips. Currently, everyone is on mute throughout the webinar. That just helps us cut down on background noise, but we want to hear from you. Please post your questions in the Q&A window down at the bottom versus the chat. It helps us see them a little more easily if it's in the Q&A window. Steve can answer those throughout the webinar if it's relevant to what he's talking about, or if, uh, if you want, you can uh, post your question during the Q&A at the end of the webinar. Uh, we are recording today. It'll be available to you, your colleagues, if you want to come back to dscoop.com in a couple of days, we'll have a summary, we'll have Steve's uh, presentation and the recording. And if you have additional questions after the webinar or someone is watching it from your office or your uh, colleague, the recording, you can post those questions on our forum or email us and we'll turn those around, we'll get them to Steve, he'll answer them and we'll shoot those out to you as quickly as possible. Those are all the tips and housekeeping notes I have for today. And I would like to turn it over now to Steve, take it away. Ginger, thank you so much. Uh, what a thrill for me. Uh, we know each other since we're 14 years old. So uh, seeing us in the business world doing stuff together really warms my heart. I am grateful for the opportunity. It's a crazy time out there. People are asking questions. They're confused. Um, and so the opportunity to get into these kind of forums where there's real thought leadership and real directional information, directional and actionable, uh, is a real thrill for me. For those who don't know who I am, I'm a career entrepreneur. I currently own a half a dozen businesses where I'm responsible for uh, driving new revenue, either managing the teams or creating strategic partnerships. So everything you hear today comes from 40 years of experience of actually doing it myself. About six years ago, I was asked by one of the biggest banks in Florida to speak to their sales team. And I was sort of hesitant because I had only spoken to my own. And uh, in short, short order, I gave them the marching orders of the day of what I thought they should do uh, to uh, modernize their sales process. That was six years ago. They're still my client. They're still driving revenue. Um, so I'm excited to share, you know, a little bit about how I do what I do. Um, I think you'll find it very actionable. Um, and so I'm open to questions, very interactive as we go. You'll see some new information. There may be some reminders, but at the end of the day, what we're gonna talk about is what the top 5% of business professionals do to stay on top. And they basically are the ones who are engaging in a digital environment. And while I am fully aware of how this crisis has impacted the entire world, the ones who had prepared for this, and these are clients in my businesses who knew that the digital highway was a place we should be, they are still functioning. And so my goal for today, and my hope is that you take some of the things I talk about, you put them into action right away, and you can start seeing some of the results that, that we have. So. I don't think I need to you know, embellish on the fact that things have changed prior 
to the pandemic, they were changing anyway. The sales environment is different. And I want to point out a few of the ways that they've changed. One of those is that we have moved from a transactional environment to a relational environment. And in the B2B space, the ones who are receiving the most recognition and you know, uh, creating sales goals and all that kind of stuff are the ones who have the most relationships. It's not, hey, I'm gonna knock on your door today and expect to create a transaction with you. So most businesses operate under an ROI mentality. And for those, no matter what kind of business you're in, whatever investments you're making in infrastructure or whatever service you're providing for somebody, I think it's a universal thing that people talk about ROI, and I want to throw that out. So the return on investment mentality is flipped on its side, and it's now an ROR mentality, which for today's conversation is a return on relationships. And for those who understand the value of planting seeds, nurturing those seeds, seeing them grow into a robust garden, our garden as sales professionals is healthy pipeline where there is robust activity with people who already know us, already like us, already trust us, and moving people through that healthy pipeline. Um, none of us have the ability to forecast exactly who's going to buy and when they buy. I think the major activity is prospecting and return on relationship is the place to do that. So as we dig into this mindset, I want to make something very clear, which is another dramatic change in how we operate. And the reality is you are not your job. Um, for many years, as I grew up, everybody was, first thing they said, oh, well, hi, I'm Steve and I work for XYZ company. That is not a paradigm anymore. People have moved to who you are is much more important than what you do. And so the ways that we are going to talk today are is how can you market you, how who you are impacts your ability to do more business. And obviously everybody on their mind is how am I going to do business in this environment? When am I going to do it? What's appropriate to be talking to people about the number one metric for successful businesses and successful people is awareness. And I'm share this funnel. This is something I think you should post up in front of your desk and basically own this funnel. Because if you live in this funnel, you will see the opportunities grow exponentially. So the number one metric is awareness. Who knows you? So I think that if the more people know you, the more people can actually consider you. So where it used to be a sales game, I get a cold call and get an email and I'll go through a lot of that as we go. But those people don't know you, cold landing on the door, cold leaving that conversation. The more people that just know you will create an opportunity for more people to consider what you do. So it's an awareness game, not a selling game which leads to consideration, which ultimately leads the more people that are considering you, the more people can decide to do business with you. That is how you build a healthy pipeline. 
And in the digital universe, there are tools that help us do this at scale in a way that could never have ever been imagined. And I'm gonna step you through all of it in the next 30 minutes. One of those tools is something called LinkedIn. And for most of the population, they either have a spot on LinkedIn or they're there and they don't really know why they're there. I'm gonna walk you through what it is, why it works, and why it is the number one place to build your brand, not to sell. Boom, so why? LinkedIn is the most prominent B2B social selling network in the world. And for those of you who have not heard the term social selling, it's very impactful, but very deceiving at the same time, and I'll share with you why. So the new reality is we're living in this world, they call it social selling, and social selling is merely finding, engaging, and connecting with prospects that you can develop a relationship with. Notice one complete void in what all of these descriptions, there is not selling going on. It is just going to a networking event, making friends, and understanding that people that know you can either buy from you at some point or know somebody who will. And if you can do that at scale, which LinkedIn allows you to do it 24 hours a day, no geographical boundaries, um, all of the information is there, yet, and here's the exciting part, less than 5% of the population is using LinkedIn properly. So I wanna share with you some of the numbers. This was prior to, uh, this was February numbers, 660 million worldwide users, 90 million senior level influencers, 46 B2B decision makers, and here's a fascinating uh, number, 10 million C-level executives. And what's fascinating about that number is it's the fastest growing segment because leaders and influencers are understanding this is a place where they can go and really meet people at scale that can affect their business. So the number one thing, and this goes along with the idea that you need to build awareness. So let's stay on the A word. You need to build an audience. And the idea that your network would be equal to your net worth has never, ever been more true. So the amount of people you know connects you to the people you don't know. And the power of LinkedIn, which is so unique, is not who you know, it's who the people you know know. So basically, if you could unlock that next degree of people and introduce yourself to those people in a really relevant way, not to sell them, just to introduce who you are, what you're passionate about, what sports you like, where you're from, all of those things. Those are the breadcrumbs that lead people to, hey, I know that person. What do they do? Oh, you know what? I can use that. So um, I want you to you, look at this, this audience mentality of that when I would go to speak to conferences, which obviously I was hopeful to see all, you, all of you guys in Orlando, and I'm hopeful and praying that we have the opportunity to do that again in the near future. But when I go speak to an audience, my goal is to feed them good information that they then go feed to their audiences. So, you know, when you look at this audience of, of 350 people, the multiples 
of ways that my message could be distributed far outweigh any traditional TV, radio, print, or traditional marketing. So this is a way to introduce yourself at scale to people you may have never not known before. So building an audience is really, really significant. I wanna go a little deeper into this because the understanding of how to use this is very key. So you have the ability to reach out to anybody in there and send them an invite. Now, most people use this invite tool without putting any effort, effort into it. They just send out an invite and hope that someone on the other end will say, okay, I'll connect. Generally speaking, nothing really good happens unless you open the dialogue as you would in a traditional setting with a personal note. So you can get invites that you send or you can get invites that you receive. Most people that I work with have accepted people into their network that they do not know. An invite comes in, they basically have the opportunity to say accept or ignore. And either way, nothing really happens other than you've added numbers to your database, which really proved to be nothing. I like to live under the invitation only mentality. Membership has its benefits. So I filter who I bring in and who I invite. And when I invite them, I invite them with something relevant about them, some research that I've done so that I know who they are, what makes them tick, what's going on in their company. I'm not trying to sell them my services or my company. I'm trying to connect with them on a human level. And once I do that, that unlocks the ability to earn the right to, to talk about what I do. Lots of people use LinkedIn as a scam, uh, a spam place rather, where they're just blowing through people with messages about why to buy. I filter those out. But my recommendation to you, very simple. It's the way I built my audience. I have an audience of 10,000 plus that is cultivated, filtered, and I believe know me and are willing to share my message to their audience. So I add five new connections to my database every single day. And those are colleagues, classmates, friends, old clients, new clients, mothers, fathers, and daughters of all of the people, because the reality is everybody is one degree away from somebody who needs to hear your message. So um, the nice part about what it does is as you start adding people, LinkedIn will do the work for you and say, well, you know, because you know Ginger, you may know these other people. So people you may know in Miami, people you know that you went to school with. So it becomes easier once you feed the machine with people you know, it will start recommending people you do not know. So I like to give people an example so that you can really get your arms around this. And like Ginger said, this will be is being videoed so that you'll be able to slow down. And any questions you have after this, please feel free to reach out to me. But when I send an invite, it bypasses a really busy email box. I will show you email statistics that will scare you like they scare me. But here's an example of where I was reaching out to a guy named Trevor Moad. Trevor happens to be partners with Russell Wilson, who's an NFL quarterback for the Seahawks. And owns a company called Limitless Minds. He has great content. I enjoy his thought process. 
And I'm of the mindset, the greater the value of the people you hang out with, the greater your network. So I reached out to him and said, hey, a couple of people, including my son, mentioned your name, you know, just viewed your podcast. And I love it. I'm not pitching him anything. Bang, he comes right back. Your son's a good man. Got after it. I'm, you know, really a nice note back. And so this interchange happens at scale with people all over the world. For me, never, the opening act is never about what I do. It's always about who I am. I'm a family guy, I'm active, I'm high energy, as you might tell, or some of you may think I'm shy. So um, in order to view your invitations, I'll walk you through it. You go to the bar at the top, you hit my network, your connections come up and all of these people under the invitations have sent me an invite, but with no note. So if you look at my screen, Reynolds Benefits sent me something. They don't even have a picture. This is not about your company. This is about you. The two people above them just sent it out. I don't know how they know me or whatever. And so under this, guys, the only thing I could do would be ignore it or accept it. Most people don't know this rule. This is a key takeaway here. If you click on see all, it will change the screen and allow you to message the person without connecting with them. So, you know, Joshua comes into my world. He wants to connect. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he does. I don't know what his intention is. If he just wants to sell me. So if I hit on message, I can volley back to him. So if you look in terms of LinkedIn as a game of tennis, and I believe life is very much like this. When someone serves you the ball, which is the invite, common reaction is return the ball, just hit it back. And so my number one strategy in LinkedIn, it has allowed me to develop unbelievably deep, strong relationships in the business world of people who can either help me strategically or directly is just by returning the ball. And it's with this response. Hello, Ginger. Thanks for the invite. Can you remind me how we know each other? or how you heard about me. I'm serving the ball back to them. If they are interested in developing a meaningful relationship, my bet is that they'll hit the ball back to me and we'll get in a volley back and forth, which will allow us to do all the upfront work. The audition is great long before we figure out how to help each other. So one of the things that has been difficult for decision makers and some of you who own your own company and are managing salespeople or even you as a salesperson yourself is how do I know if I'm really doing well at social media? And so, you know, that ROR, ROR, how do I develop that? What's a metric I can use to say it's working for me? And I believe in C to C. If you are managing how many connections you can turn out to be conversations and I'm going to show you a myriad of new ways to get new conversations but the idea is if you are not talking to people at scale you are not developing who you are what you are and you will get left behind by people who are so I'm going to give you a real-time example Midas is a global brand they were not on my radar in terms of prospecting uh, they happen to be headquartered uh, very near where I am in Palm Beach 
but they just weren't on my radar there. They have 3000 retail stores. They're an automotive company. Just wasn't on my radar. I get last October, I get an invite from Will Helton, who's the vice president, GM, turns out to be the top guy of Midas International. And he doesn't send me anything other than an invite. Will, thanks for the invite. You can see here, I went through my messaging with him. I you know, tried to be cute about it. Hey, do you have the Midas Touch? His volley back, 100% I've got the Midas Touch. Let's meet for coffee. Neither one of us talked about any kind of business or sale. I was able to look at his stuff. He's a University of Arkansas football player. Both of my sons coached in the SEC. Um, so there was so much to talk about when we went and had coffee. And they had already predetermined in their mind that they wanted to hire me. And I asked him, I said, well, so, so how or what made you want to reach out to me? He said, I saw a picture of you and a very good friend of mine who used to handle all of our hotel booking for our meetings. And I was intrigued by who you were. I followed it through to your profile. And once I did the research on you, I knew you were the guy that we want to help change our culture. So for those of us in business development who are normally spending our time pushing the boulder up the mountain, this was the first time, and it happens all the time now, where business is coming to me inbound because I've seeded the garden telling people what I do and who I do it with, not selling just sharing and in return the business comes back and if you're like me i never had anybody just knock on my door and say hey steve i got a bucket of money can you help me spend it uh, that doesn't happen and in this platform it does and now will is because of my relationship with will there's so many other people that are taking a look at me so the value of this this platform is so significant and I want to share one case study because people ask me all the time, well, what are you posting about? And while I'm not going to go deep into that today, this one case study, uh, Chaz Warrington is a client of mine. He's a student of all of the, the methodology that I do. He sent it to Eric Kelly, who's the president of a big company, $400 million company. Thank you for the invite. Could you remind me how we know each other? Eric comes back and says, we don't know each other but I saw you post something about being on the soccer field with your son. That's the great dad moment. I, I was there. I want to learn more about you and your company. So the takeaway from all of this is that the more you can share who you are, not what you do, the more intriguing it will be for other like-minded professionals to connect with you and share. And so my filter is simply this. If you're gonna, we're gonna be in the same network together, you have to at least agree to be willing to help me because I'm, I'm agreeing to help you. So one of the things I promised at the top of this was that I would take you through a journey of how to modernize the sales process. And in order to do that, I want you to understand the difference between strategy and tactics. Most sales professionals focus on tactics not on a strategy. And so for the sake of our conversation, strategy describes where we want to go, you know, and how we want to get there. Tactics are the specific actions. And so the specific actions in the sales game have changed. There are new tools and those tools are LinkedIn, 
Those tools are Vidyard or similar type video services that take your message personally and embed a video right into email. Zoom, which interestingly enough, we've been talking about Zoom for a couple of years now. Because of my involvement in LinkedIn, I thanked Eric Yon, their CEO, two years ago for developing this tool because it allows me to coach sales professionals all over the world and still do it in a personal face-to-face -face manner, which is one of my, you know, things that I, is an absolute for me, has to be personal. Um, I posted a thank you note to him and he came right back to me and connected with me. So I've been having relevant dialogue with the fastest growing company. They've gone from 10 million users a day to 200 million users. And then this one's kind of fun because the way we communicate now, we can communicate with GIFs, we can communicate with emojis. There's some people that I communicate with, no written word at all. Everything is short burn video, little clips, little fun. So understanding that the tools have changed is really what the most significant thing is. But let's take a second and look at the existing tools. So there's a lot of organizations I get invited into and they're a cold calling mentality. We have our salespeople make 50 or 60 calls a day. They got to go out and knock on doors. Well, I don't know anybody who's really answering their phone all the time now. And if you look at yourself, you probably don't answer. And the same goes for knocking on doors. That's done for now and maybe part of the new normal. So 80% of calls go to voicemail and 90% of first time voicemails are never returned. The, the response rate is 4.8, staggeringly low. Emails, same kind of thing. You know, the average email uh, response rate for every, you know, you look at this stuff, it's so low that the average person receives all of these emails yet only sends out 40. That means three-fourths of emails someone's receiving, they, they never get a response. So the real game changer here is that you are not marketing what you do to somebody. You're marketing who you are. And if you think about the last time you were in a coffee shop or standing in line somewhere, if you overheard their conversation and they said, oh, uh, for me, I'm, I was born in New York. I know that's a surprise to a lot of people here. But uh, all kidding aside, if somebody in front of me in line were to say, be talking about New York, I could jump in and say, hey, did you say you were from New York? I'm from New York. Instant conversation, instant connection, nothing to do with what I do for a living or what they do for a living. We can talk for hours about where we're from, what we do, high school, the college, you know, think about all the connectivity points you have with the friends you have now. You connected because of something you had in common. That's where the fertile ground is for a sales professional, is connect on a personal level and earn the opportunity to speak about what you do. A lot of times they ask, by the way, I really like you, Steve. What do you do? Oh, I work with companies helping drive new revenue. Oh my God, we should have a con. They're pitching me. The whole game has changed. So it starts with one mindset. You're not good for everybody. Going into the sales game, we know that. It's a numbers game. You don't sell everybody. First metric is let's find out who our dream client is. And in order to do that, you need to build criteria based on what, 
where you fit in the ecosystem. What, you know, are you a premium brand? Are you a volume brand? Whatever you are, all those criteria based on size of company, based on um, decision maker behavior, based on um, how many employees, all those things you figure out ahead of time, build your top 25. So this sheet will be available to you. We use it with every client. I use it religiously. Client's name, top 25 of them. Contact, who's the person that I need to build a relationship with at that company? And then the third column, which is where everything starts in the big changes, what do I have in common with them? Do I share their charity? Do I share their passion for skiing, hunting, fishing? Uh, do we go to the same school? Alumni marketing is huge. We have people who strictly focus on one vertical. Anybody that went to Notre Dame, anybody that went to University of Florida. So those are connection points that help you build people who either ultimately buy or know somebody who will. So the research phase is so significant and you gotta do that across all of the channels that are available for you. Um, Google is obviously great, LinkedIn, Facebook. Number two is let, how am I gonna connect to them? How, what's the contact method? So I've already showed you that email and voicemail are very low adoption rate, not gonna get the redemption I want. So there are new things to do and our methodology, which is not novel, people have taken it. You know, I, there's a lot of the people I work with or I've used this approach on, they go, wow, this is great. Can I steal it? It's not mine. I just share it with the world. So connecting with people personally, hi, Ginger. I see we both went to University of Florida. We have a lot of likes in common. I would love to grab a virtual coffee with you. And virtual coffee is nothing more than 15 minutes on Zoom. You have your coffee. I have my coffee. And what we used to do in the real world that would take a lot of time getting on someone's calendar, a lot of driving and coordination to find out eh, we have nothing in common can happen in 15-minute increments all day long. So using personal video will help you increase your open rates and your closing rates because you're connecting with people that you instantly want to have a relationship with. I'm okay if people don't like me because I wear loud blazers. That's okay. Everybody has their own choice. But why would I spend time pitching people like that? I connect with people who we have a lot in common and we build, 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 and it goes up and down. And when, it, when you do it consistently, and you'll see how I talk about it, this is what it looks like when I send someone an email, boom, let's do coffee. And this video is very personal. Uh, by the way, this one was to Royal Caribbean. So this works at the highest levels. VP of sales, hey, Keith, you know, I noticed that you and I have this other person in common. I'm actually working with their sales team. They thought there might be an opportunity to, for us to discuss. You'll find out I'm not a real pushy guy. We could just become friends, but let's grab whenever you have 15 minutes to grab a virtual coffee. I'd love to do that. And my contention to everybody listening today and everybody I come in contact with is so, if someone is not willing to spend 15 minutes with you in a virtual cup of coffee, they're never going to buy from you anyway. So what's the point? 
So virtual coffee is really cool. Zoom is one of the things, Microsoft Teams, Google Hangouts. Um, Zoom seems the easiest to me, but find your comfortable uh, place and build these face-to-face -face opportunities that now are only living virtually, but ultimately when we, we get back to when we do want to visit with somebody, all of the audition work is done. We've already gotten to a point where we know each other, we sort of feel good about each other. Yeah, let's get together and have a meal or do something. So it's very, very relevant use of time. So. Again, most of the sales teams and sales professionals we work with have this posted everywhere in their office. I'm a very process-driven guy. Everybody comes in the awareness funnel like this. Boom, we drop them through there to get to, um, and I, I, I'll use a baseball analogy here, but there's tons of analogies you can use. Great hitters don't get in the box every time and change their stance. They do the same thing over and over. And if they hit three out of every 10 times, they're in the Hall of Fame. Think about how many approaches you need to make in order to really, really be developing meaningful relationships and watch how it changes your life. And I'll leave you with this. It's called social selling. And the social part is meant to be fun. I've never had a better time in my life meeting quality people at scale. So... I threw a bunch of process and a bunch of new tools and stuff at you. I'll share with you that the number one feedback I get right away is, dude, I don't have the time. How, where am I going to fit this in my schedule? I don't have time. Well, here's a doozy for you. Does anybody in the crowd know how many seconds there are in a day? I can wait a second, Ginger, if you want to, you know, put that out there. I can roll right through it. Um, I can give you the answer straight out. There's 86,400 seconds in every day. None of us are getting any more or any less. And I look at every day as something as once it's gone, you ain't ever getting it back. So when we say to ourselves or someone says to you, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't have time. They're lying. We all have the time. You make choices what you do with your time. And so I think it's pretty significant to at least touch on managing the clock. I've always been a sports guy. I played sports when I was young. I still am a very competitive guy. And you find the best in sports are the ones who manage the clock right. So the power of scheduling your day is so significant. And the what you schedule and when you schedule, as this chart will tell you, is that, you know, whatever time of day you complete tasks is really, really important. So I like to break things into three buckets, health, work, and play. And when I look at this, then I just need to assign a value of when I'm going to do all of these things. And so here's the three-step rule. Schedule your most important tasks for when you have the most energy. I believe, as history will detail, you have the most energy in the morning. Schedule the lesser important tasks for when you have less energy preferably late in the day. And I have more to talk about this, but for most of you, go through the day, you have lunch, and then what happens after lunch? Eat that big meal. It's hard to digest. It's hard to bring the energy. Um, I don't have that problem because I don't eat lunch, but um, schedule personal appointments. And the professionals I talk with, I say, listen, we're humans. You have stuff you need to do when you schedule it, take it out of your brain, 
and schedule everything. And I mean everything. When I'm going to wake up, what I read, how I'm going to read it, all of that kind of stuff. So world-famous brand, Geico, taught us one major thing about clock management. They actually turned 15 minutes into a really valuable piece of time. How? They took something that used to be really laborious and they said, you know, we can give you a quote in 15 minutes or less. Wow. So it can be done. So using that mentality, I use a 12 hour clock. This is my day. Ginger knows this for as long as I've been a sales professional. I get up at three o'clock in the morning and I schedule my day from three to three. And if I were to break out that 12 hours into 15 minute boxes, which is called boxing, it's time boxing. Look at that. I'd have 48 boxes to manage and create value for all of the things I want to do in a day. Now, I don't know about you. That looks like a lot of boxes. So some things take 15 minutes. Some take 30 minutes. Some take an hour. But if you manage the time, and all of my virtual coffees are 15 minutes. I start with the person, hey, great, we can spend some time together. We agreed to 15 minutes, still good? Good, let's go. Bang, 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 real efficient. You will have so much more time to produce what you want because it's just actually managing the clock better. And I do that by this mindset. I write about it in my book, which uh, I'm sure that my book will be available at some point to this group, Confessions of a Serial Salesman. It's 27 rules for leaders and influencers. This has been a, a mantra of mine for a long time. 60, 30, 10. What is that? 60% of my time is spent face-to-face -face, or in today's case, virtual. So when I look at my day, 60% of my 15-minute buckets need to be face-to-face -face or what I call an RPO, revenue-producing opportunities. Is this going to make us money? Are we driving new revenue here? Total focus on the activity. Number two, great. 30% of my day needs to be doing the research we talked about. And I believe in doing research today for the work you're going to do tomorrow, not research in the same day. And then development, developing your business, developing you personally, that's reading, that's taking courses, that's doing Zoominars like this. Develop yourself and calendar it. Put it in there and schedule it. And then the last thing is 10% on admin, banking, paperwork, invoicing. Now I can tell you straight out that most of the people I work with, this is upside down. When we do clock management with them, we find out that they're only spending 10% of their time face-to-face. -face. That's the work. If you're going to be in sales, you got to be face-to-face. -face. And all of the tools I shared with you prior to this lead you to filling that, that 60%. So I'm a believer that what's on your calendar will dictate what, how successful you are. Um, I write about a guy in the book, Tony Nugent. Tony Nugent was the global leader for MetLife. He's a friend of mine. He's a mentor of mine. He said he can walk into any office on the globe and walk into their office and look at someone's calendar and tell them how successful they'll be. I'm in total agreement with that. So when we're done here, look at your calendar. If your calendar is not maxed out, and especially in a work-from-home environment, schedule it out. Um, I read something yesterday, 40, this 40% 40 viewership on Netflix between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. 
40% increase in, in people watching it. That's not on my calendar, you know, so what's on your calendar is really significant. I'll close or get to the close here with all of what I'm talking about. You are capable of doing, but as human beings, we are creatures of distraction. Whoa, whoa, squirrel, boom, gone, everything, you know. So I believe the A word is about accountability. Someone taught me this long ago. They said, Steve, you're one of the most disciplined people I know, but you cannot do this on your own. Find an accountability partner, either in your business or out of your business. It doesn't matter, but work with your accountability partner on managing your calendar. Share it, go over it, own what you did and what you didn't do. And believe me, the best athletes in the world, the best CEOs, the top 5% of the world have accountability partners, not because they're weak, but because they're strong. So I'll leave you with three more words. Be disciplined, be consistent, and be persistent, because those are the big determining factors in creating success. It's all about now. Do not wait. Use the tools that are here. If you don't know, you can't grow. And so personal development is here. I hope you enjoyed that run through um, a little bit about modernizing your sales process. I'm happy to stick around and ask, um, answer questions. So ask me anything you want. Steve, thank you. Thank you so much. And we do have a couple of questions in uh, the queue here. So I'll read them to you. You go ahead and answer them. The first one says, uh, regarding LinkedIn, and thanks for that, the energy, the, the tips. I, I mean, I've, I've got a whole page of, <laughs> of bullet points, so thank you. Uh, should you have a personal page or a business page or both? That's an excellent question. So um, the, the reality, um, you absolutely have to have a personal page. You can have a business page because if you look at LinkedIn as a real, a digital highway, um, each of your page and the business page are billboards on that highway, except people are not gonna pay attention to your business. All of the activity is gonna happen in your uh, personal page. So all of the connectivity is personal. So it's a two-way communication. Businesses don't communicate with individuals. They communicate at scale without the personal touch. So the absolute recommendation, and I do a module called Learn LinkedIn Like a Pro. It's a two-hour webinar that goes into all of this, but the reality is all of the work and effort should be done personally. Business is a sidebar that if it's there, great. It's sort of a, you know, another connection point, but will never, ever bring you the value that your personal page will. Great, thank you for that. A couple of other questions. Uh, first of all, let me tell the panelists who are asking, uh, I mean the uh, attendees who are asking, yes, this recording will be available in a couple of days on dscoop.com. We'll put that out and make sure everybody gets that link. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on the LinkedIn Social Selling Index? Question from Mike. Fantastic question. Look at that, somebody who knows. So, you know, I'm a competitive guy. My social selling index um, is I'm top 1% in my network and I'm top 1% in my business. <coughs> Excuse me. That doesn't get me any revenue. That doesn't do anything. 
So all they've done is create a way to evaluate your efforts. Um, the work I've done puts me at that score. Um, and it just shows you where you can increase. Uh, but there's no value to it. I don't win a prize. It doesn't put new revenue in there. It's just some guidance that says where you can improve. And so um, it's good. I do it in my webinar. It's the last page. I give them the link. Um, but beyond uh, sort of uh, showing you where you are in the race, doesn't really mean anything. And even if it was high scores, if you're not producing the right amount of relationships, it won't matter. Great. Okay. Any follow-up questions, please add them here. Uh, I've got a question here. What type of tool do you use to schedule your time? Is it a standard day timer? Do you use something customized? So I'm a simple, stupid kind of guy. <laughs> I do everything in Outlook. So uh, Outlook, I can share with my team. They all know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it and vice versa. So there are lots of scheduling tools that I don't particularly care for. I'd prefer to schedule it with somebody directly. Um, I, I'm a person, I'm one-to-one. -one, so I know that sometimes someone shoots me to their Calendly or whatever the other services are. It feels very impersonal to me. I'm willing to take the next step and say, hey, I'll shoot you a calendar invite. Is that okay? Do we agree at 10 o'clock? Um, but for some people, they want to use all automation. Any place I can keep it personal, I do. Great. Okay. Let's see. Um, oh, I, I like this too. I, I, I love the concept about responding without connecting. That's great because then you're not adding people you don't know. A lot of people use LinkedIn to talk at their audience. You talked about audience building. Can you talk about posts that are not just all about you, but engaging others in your network? Wow, what a fabulous question and a really good understanding of what the platform is. So I've been deeply vested in LinkedIn for about five years. I was an early adopter. I was fortunate I owned an agency that was doing social media work for our clients. And I just noticed this trend that this was not going to be about my company, which is on the ball ventures. This was going to be about Noodleberg. And so I did a lot of research. I did a lot of homework as I'm prone to do. And one of the early pieces of advice I got was just share what you know. And I was like, what are you out of your mind? It took me 40 years to develop all of the stuff I have. What do you mean just share it? And I went out on a limb and anybody who follows me, which I hopefully you do, hopefully you send a, me an invite and tell me who you are and how I can help you. I, my mission statement is to help people at scale. And the more I help people, the more people wind up um, engaging me for services. And I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, the beginning of this whole thing, I post a lot of people were asking me, should we be prospecting? And what should we be saying? And this is a crazy time. What do you think, Steve? So I did a video, turned on my phone, did a video. And the video was, if you're asking yourself the question, should you be prospecting? My answer is, hell yes. You can meet and greet decision makers at scale. You can build relationships at a time 
of unprecedented access because everybody's at home, they can fit 15 minutes into their day, probably be really happy about that, you know, distraction, if you will. And so I said, use the time proactively. And in your messaging saying, I'm using this time proactively to just reach out and build a relationship with you. What can I do to help you? How can I be a resource to you? So I did that video and the senior vice president of the, San, uh, the LA Chargers, the football team, saw it, shared it with the whole sports universe, reached out to me, hired us to do our uh, LinkedIn work for them. That consequently got picked up because of his recommendation in LinkedIn by the senior business development person at the NFL. And we are now in conversations with 32 teams, 31 teams, talking about the work we do just by dropping a piece of bait in there of real value, not, you know, hey, buy my LinkedIn service. I didn't say a word about buying anything from me. Here's what I think, and I don't really care what you think. And I know that sounds harsh, but what I mean by that is I'm not looking for you to acknowledge it or not acknowledge it. I'm sharing my knowledge every single day. And for those that follow me, I get these wild messages. Thank you so much for your energy. Thank you so much for your positivity. You know, I need you to do that. And as a matter of fact, the next thing I'm going to talk to you about is every single morning at eight o'clock on Facebook, I do something called the daily huddle. And the daily huddle is nothing more than me starting the day for what is now 500 CEOs and sales professionals. Um, and, and here's my service. I waived all the fees. It used to be an add-on service to my corporate clients, waived all the fees. Anybody can come in, share it with their network. This is a time of need. And if you jump in and see what we're doing every day, it's real valuable content. Um, uh, this week, I talked about the law of reciprocity. Really great way to understand LinkedIn. The more you give, the more people are going to be more inclined to give you. And I have built a very robust business I am absolutely super blessed. And it was built on the foundation that the more I give, the more I get. Great. And so this link here, which everybody can copy now, you are welcome to join that huddle. Um, we do it live every day at eight, but it's archived. And what's fascinating is everybody in the group is now having virtual coffees with each other, trying to figure out who they can introduce them to and that's the other thing. One of the things we're reaching out to people with now is, hey, I don't really know you, but how can I help or who can I introduce you to to help your business? That's a really empathetic way to position yourself. And it, it really is genuine and authentic and it works. Thanks, Steve. We have uh, time for a few more. You good? Everybody good on time? Here's a question. Here's a question. For the people who have a higher percentage of admin time in their day, but part of their current business systems, how do you recommend starting the conversation with leadership on reducing admin work? Um, that's an interesting question for me because I don't generally deal with operations. I'm a revenue guy and my thought process is right or wrong and it has been with every one of my companies, if we don't produce revenue, we don't have a business, we have a hobby. So in order to produce revenue at scale, there are people who are gonna be more focused on admin and follow-up and customer service. 
So that's a tricky question because um, I don't normally talk to that audience. So I don't want to mislead anybody. I know that my number one guy in my organization, his title is director of MIH. He makes it happen. He has no responsibility to drive new revenue. His responsibility is to make sure that what I promise to all of my own businesses and all of the business I'm consulting, he's got to make it happen there. Because the minute I default on my word, the whole building falls apart. So I think you need to be sensitive to, and he is um, applauded and lauded in our company as the guy that is the glue. And Ginger, you know Shay, nothing happens without it going through Shay. His whole focus is operations and delivery. And we could not operate without him. So, you know, I, I applaud those that are in it. It's a function of doing revenue at scale. So you're, so you're saying perhaps the conversation is, could we offload or, or designate somebody to support those admin tasks so that balance of 60, 30, 10 for salespeople could be realistic? Is that kind of- So in most, yeah, yeah. In most of the companies I work with, um, based on volume, new business, we put um, a third wheel in it between the, the admin and, and the, the revenue producer because the numbers support it. So, you know, if I'm producing at scale or I see someone in an organ, organization who is just on fire, I want to take the saddle off the thoroughbred and let them run. I'll put a third piece in there that will pick up the admin slack so yes, to your uh, comment, Ginger, those are individual things that support growth. And as you scale, you need to support growth to put your best people in a position where they're not spending 60% of their time forward facing is really a detriment to the growth of the business. Makes sense. As you said, uh, if you're not bringing in revenue as a salesperson that, you know, you said it's a, it's a hobby, not a business. Uh, okay, well, here's a, a couple more questions. How do you value face-to-face -face events versus virtual meetups? I guess she's wondering uh, how you compare that. So um, I've always been a guy that loved face-to-face -face interaction. And I am yearning for the time that we get back to that again. There's an energy that I received from the audience there's uh, many relationships that I've developed that I would not have picked out of a virtual environment. So I don't think one completely re replaces the other, but I think, you know, for me, the relationship work starts virtually and ends face-to-face. -face. And then when you look at, um, you know, uh, when, when you look at big live events, like I may have never met any one of you at the Orlando event, because it's a large scale event. Now we have the opportunity to do that. So I wouldn't trade one for the other. I think they work hand in hand. And for now, and maybe the foreseeable future, I think you're gonna see more virtual type events. I'm creating them small, I'm creating them large, uh, meaning I'm creating happy hours, virtual coffees. Um, you know, that's what my daily huddle is. Uh, you know, so if you get good at using the tools, uh, the show goes on uh, without the ability to be face-to-face. -face. But there's no substitute for the rush and the feel of the crowd. 
Great. Steve, um, we have a request. Can you show the 60-30-10 slide again? Sure. Uh, there's the slide requested, the 60-30-10 principle. And this recording and the presentation will be available in a couple of days on dscoop.com. We'll make sure we get that link out. Watch your emails, watch your newsletters so you can see those links. And uh, there was one on here. What do you use for your video emails? I guess, what platform do you use? So I use something called Vidyard. That was what I alluded to before. It's V-I-D-Y-A-R-D. It's actually a free service, which is incredible. And it will allow you to video right from your screen and then embed it right into your email without it. So it's actually a moving tile that you know allows you to someone to see that it's not you know some kind of spam it's actual and so there's two parts of using video number one is the actual service you use and there are others there's bomb bomb and some others that you have to pay for but you know the idea that what the messaging is is always personal so i've seen people take the video service create one video and blast that one video to everybody defeats the whole purpose. The video is one-to-one. -one. Hi, Ginger. This is Steve. I'm here. You're there. But, but, but this one, you know, and the thinking behind it is it's much more difficult for someone to say no or not respond when they see who you are. And so your competitive advantage as a business professional has always been you. This allows you to scale that. Great, great. I'm gonna ask, uh, we've got uh, one or two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. And as I said, if y'all have more questions after the fact or when you listen to the recording, we'll get those questions over to Steve and we'll get on one of his 15 minute blocks and we'll have him answer them for us. Uh, here's a question. Besides excellence in building a personal connection, don't you think a good testimony is equally important as a sales tool? So uh, one of the features that we go deep on on, um, on LinkedIn is the recommendation feature. And it's very simple to ask the people that you've already done business with to write you a recommendation, which gets shared not only with your audience, but with their audience. And so we liken it to um, Yelp. Um, prior to this you know, pandemic, we would go to hotels and restaurants but you would never go for most people until you check that Yelp or some grading service, TripAdvisor or something. And you would do that because you were interested in what your peers said about that hotel or restaurant. Well, LinkedIn is the same platform in terms of it's Yelp for salespeople. I'm gonna tell you I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Why would you listen to me? Listen to the people I already do business with. And when you see other decision makers who say, wow, we had trepidation, but we used Steve and here's the result and we've been using him for three years and two years, whatever. It relieves all of the upfront doubt that is part of every sales process. So how do you build trust? Build it by using the people you already do great stuff for. If you can't find recommendations with the people you're already doing business with, we tell people to shift careers. <laughs> so. Great, Steve. So you're saying that the testimony and asking for the recommendation 
is a key element as well as all of the other tips you've given us today about virtual meetings, face-to-face, -face, building that funnel. Yeah, what, what you'll find is that things work in concert with each other. There isn't any one thing that's a silver bullet. And that's one of the things we tell our audiences to guard against. There's no, I'm gonna do this and the world's gonna change. It's doing a lot of the same reps every single day. And if you can build yourself a 30 day plan of the right activities, results are imminent. Wonderful, great. Well, that is our webinar for today. As we've mentioned, it will be available as a recording. You'll be able to see the whole recording with the presentation that Steve walked us through. Steve, thanks so much for your time, your energy, your vibe, your tips. Really, really appreciate it. We've got great comments. And as I mentioned, uh, we'll be able to see this on dscoop.com in a couple of days as a recorded event. Feel free if you have additional questions to put them in the comments section of that page that you'll see. We'll shoot them over to Steve and he will answer them and we'll get them back out to you. Uh, as you can see here, there's gonna be a question pop-up for your survey. Please take that on your way out. If we didn't get to your questions, just mention the two ways uh, to send those to us are also on the page. I put the link to Steve's morning huddle, which he invited everybody here to join complimentary 8 a.m. every morning. Thanks, Steve. What a great way to get fired up and start your day. That link will also be on the recorded page. We've got a hotline if you have a question, and we'd like to hear from you. If you've got an idea for a topic, if you want to hear something further on this topic, we're adding new webcasts every week. Tell us in those channels above, and we will certainly get to those and talk with you about upcoming topics. Steve, what else? You want to wrap us up? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, first of all, congratulations to DScoop. I think you're doing an amazing job of providing your audience with information that is actionable. And so, you know, at any time, regardless of the pandemic or whatever, you're really only as good as what you're intaking. And so taking in good information, putting it into practice, trying to isolate yourself from all of the bad news out there, Look at good news, get better, and do your best to stay on the ball. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. We will see you soon on the next information webinar. Bye-bye.